Well, I'm almost done. The children did a great job telling us about the story of Jesus and the story of Easter halting in the 15, 20 minutes. Nothing else to be told. However, I should maybe just go on a little bit. The question really is, what is Easter? The fact is, on Easter, we celebrate the fact that he's risen. The fact that he's alive. And the fact that is, three days before Easter, Jesus died on the cross. These are the facts. These are the history that was uh, stated by the children today. And they may ask, what's the meaning of this Easter? We may say the word true meaning of Easter is that truly, truly, he's the Son of God. And because of him, we live. Because of him, we live. Now, the The message today is really simple. If we are just celebrating the facts and the meanings of the Easter, we might be missing out on something huge and something big. What we really need to is to celebrate the essence of Easter. It's not so much about just the meaning or the facts. Because the facts and meaning does not always communicate with us. Because we are humans that has this thing called emotions. We connect emotion. When we have a relationship with the people, when we have a relationship with God, it's, it's emotional level. It's not always just the factual. The fact and emotion needs to get together. It's the feeling that we're talking about. It's the feeling, it's translated into the essence. We've been studying the book of Proverbs for a whole entire year last year and, and, and moving into a little bit of this year. It's the book of Proverbs. It's about not the fact. It's not about the slogan. It's not about the saying of the wisdom of God, but it is about the essence of who Jesus is. If you want to know about Jesus, you want to know about what Jesus would do, what move he's going to take, what decision he's going to or make, just look at the book of Proverbs. That's where your answer is. That's where all the discernment, that's where all the wisdom is. Because other places, the gospel talks about the facts as to who he is. We have to know the essence so we can relate. The best way I can, the best way I can describe today is about uh, using a knowledge of the birthday. What's birthday to young people? What's the birthday? Birthday is, well, first of all, there's a huge difference between the way the children celebrate birthday and how the parents celebrate birthday. To child, it's day of the birth. He or she said, this is the day that I was born. This is my, my birthday. And they go on to say, give me, give me, give me this. I didn't get this last year. My friend got this, the other, his or her birthday. I want this. Give me, give me this. And they want the attention. But the parents, and we have lots of parents here. It's different. Children, I want you to understand the way parents look at your birthday. They don't look at just the date of your birth. They look at the essence they look at all those feelings that's associated with your birth. Oh, I remember when my children were conceived, especially the first experience, very first experience. There was so much excitement. 
Oh, my goodness. You know, you guys have no idea the excitement the parents have when they were told, like, they'll get a telephone call and said, oh, we think that your wife is pregnant. The excitement that's just that's unexplainable, that excitement that comes upon hearing that news. It's feeling as if the, uh, the God is just really declaring the glory of, of his amazing uh, heaven right on, 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 on in my world. There's excitement in the air as if the new world of my own heaven and earth being created. My own heavens and earth being created. When you hear that news, it's just amazing feeling. And then there was hope. Some things that was never too many people have experienced. The hope, the possibility, and the reason to leave, and the reason to go on. You know, when I was in the hospital, when I was going through so much of pain through the heart transplant surgery, believe it or not, it was so easy for me as a personally to accept death. But when I think about my kids, my family, I wanted to live. I wanted to go on. There was a hope factor. It is so powerful. And there was this hope when I knew that I'm going fa- to have my own family. There was a sense of knowing that my legacy is going to go on. And there was the sense of this preparation all of a sudden begin to take place. Even the babies in the, in the wife's womb, like trying to do something. What do I do? What do I do? There's called this nesting, whatever you call it, nesting syndrome or phenomenon. And the woman, when, when they're about six months pregnant, they got the bellies but sticking out this much. I don't know where they get this energy. They got so much energy. It's called nesting time, nesting period. They're preparing the nest for their child. It's amazing hope. Oh, then there is joy that comes with it. I remember the getting a call from from uh, hospital. I was working in downtown. The hospital, and she was in the Lancaster Hospital. I get the call. It's about 30, 30 minutes ride. I get the call. And nurse said, damn. Husband, you better get over here because he's going to deliver in, in, in no time. Oh, my goodness. I thought that excitement and the hope and the joy that experience for the last eight, nine months was exciting. When I heard that, when I heard that call, it was just like I was just gloating. I remember, I remember when I got the call and I had to drop everything because get over here right away. It takes 30 minutes. I don't want to miss this. So I was just, uh, but I had to go to the bathroom and wash myself, and I was walking down this long corridor of my building. I was gloating. I wasn't walking. I was gloating. And, and uh, it was just, just, just so, so special a time. And I looked at myself in the mirror out of this big glint. You know, it's not kind of a smile glint that you get when you're before camera. That's what fake, you know, one of those kinds of things. But this is a real glint. It's, it's, where did this come from? You know, if I can walk like this kind of a smile, this kind of a genuine glance, man, everybody will fall in love with me. You know? People can detect the difference between camera smile and the real smile glance that comes from the total joy. Then I went to the hospital. Oh, I saw this new life. That little tiny, a real, like, little human being, you know, out of nothing comes this little tiny, what, six, eight, six, seven inch? Maybe it's not. I don't know. I forgot all this thing. It's about 
this big. And I'm just holding on. It's just totally amazing. You know, a little bit cranky and loud at times, but it's got the, you know, ten fingers and toes. You're just both thankful and just the joy and the life, the life that you're experiencing. One can only conclude this is a miracle and it works. If you haven't experienced a miracle, I mean, this is a, one of the first time a parents, a people, a pe- experience a miracle. Can from nothing, this the real human being is born. That's when you experience a miracle. And this miracle, you can't even explain it. You begin to understand there's something more than just facts. There's more than just the science. There's more than just there's got to be somebody out there allowing me to, to, for something like this to happen. And then there is this love. Yeah, I thought I, had, I understood love before. You know, but the kind of love that I understood until that period of time was like, hey, I love you, you know. Let's go out to movies together. Hey, I love you, good night. But they broke up all the time. But this is love that can never be broken. No matter what they do, this is unconditional love. No matter how difficult time that that you go through, you continue to love. Love that never fails. It's the first time you experience it. You can't experience this with your friends. Love that never fails. No matter what happens. A love, yes, for love that you can actually die for. Not just simply expressing, I love you, I love the way you are, I love the perfume you put on, I love the clothes you put on, I love the way way you move. That's not that kind of love. This is a love that you could actually die for another human being. That's kind of love we're beginning to sense. And then these little ones, as they grow up, they causes all these troubles and problems. They know how to push these buttons, sneaking out in the middle of the night, trying to, like trying out the parents, pushing the buttons. But then there is forgiveness, something that, that we're not accustomed to. But you continue to forgive and forgive and forgive our children. I don't know where this thing came from. We continue to forgive, forgive. Sometimes it hurts so much. Sometimes the anger just provokes one another. We get that. But inside the core, the the heart, Lava that's inside of us, it's the full of love that will, that will die for that person, that die for their child. The forgiveness that they want, so there's so much forgiveness that's inside, but sometimes it's limited by discipline and restrictions, so we get that. But we continue to love them and we forgive them. And then there is not just the life, a physical life, and there's a new life, a spiritual life. It's time they fall and they see them get up. We, we celebrate. We celebrate. It's time they, 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 they go over, they, they overcome challenges. We see, we see new life in them, and we just celebrate. We just celebrate. 
And when they one day they come to home and say, Mom and Dad, and I just begin to realize that Jesus is my Savior, oh my God, that's another, another one of those amazing, amazing new, experiencing new life, realizing a new creation. It's not a physical little tiny baby that was delivered about eight or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but it's now it's a new creation being transformed in God's image. That's just another amazing celebration. To a child, birthday is just a birthday. It's the day that I was born. I want to celebrate this March 27th and 9th. That year doesn't apply. But the parents, they celebrate the essence of life, quilted with all those things in green. Did you know that, children? That's what they celebrate. They can't always express it. It's that hot lava that's inside of your parents doesn't always come out, but that's what's in them. It's the excitement. It's the hope. It's the joy. It's a life. It's a miracle. It's a love and forgiveness and the new life in spirit that they are experiencing. And that's what they're celebrating. And that's a huge difference, guys. That's a huge difference. If we are just celebrating Easter as the day, like Kids will do. It's my birthday. It's the day that we celebrate the, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're missing out something big. You're missing out the essence of what Easter is. And it was so thrilled to when the kids get up here, they actually talked about from the beginning to the, uh, the new beginning. From the, way, the day that Jesus was born. I said, was this a Christmas time? You know, they're talking about Christmas time, the day that Jesus was born. Hey, this is Easter. Get on with it. But they started with that. Started with that. By the way, we didn't orchestrate this. I didn't know they were doing this. They started with the day that Jesus was born. And all this essence, all these struggles, all this excitement, all these things that went through, they recited all that. And then finally, Jesus was risen. To give us what? A new life. New life. You see, that's Easter. And underneath all that essence that we just talked about was the victory from overcoming the darkness, ridicules, suffering, crucifixion, and death. That's the world that we live in. We have our own ridicules even today. Whatever form that is, we suffer even today. Whatever form that is, we are being crucified, persecuted. Whatever that form is, we face death of spirit each and every day. But this essence, this essence is most revealed through the darkness that we face. And God speaks to us. God speaks to us during this time with all those essence that we just talked about. And you can hear them. 
Even though you may be in the midst of the darkness, but you can hear them. You can hear them. John 8, 4, 7 says, He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason we do not hear is that you, we do not, you do not belong to him. Belonging to Jesus isn't about he accepting you. Or it's, it's simply you desiring him. The moment you, at this moment, I desire you. I want to get out of that from darkness. I want to go into that light. I want to be part of the essence. I want to be part of the Easter. One little utter. God will speak and give you the light so that you can move on from that darkness. It's not about just knowing or understanding what the Easter is. It is about feeling and underst- feeling the essence of God through this Easter is what matters. You see, God spoke to us in Old Testament times directly, audibly to Adam and Eve, Abraham, to all judges, the kings and prophets in Old Testament, even spoke through dreams and and through angels and visions and even gentle whispers. In the New Testament, God spoke to people through our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, how does he speak to us? Through his essence that is all jammed into what we call Holy Spirit. God speaks to us through Holy Spirit. Yes, on one hand, the meaning of Easter is about celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he was raised from the dead. But on the other hand, Easter is about hearing God speaking to us from the darkness that we may be facing. Young Albert Einstein challenged his teacher when his teacher said that God created evil and therefore God is evil and dark. Einstein said, teacher, Does cold exist? To which teacher replied, of course cold exists. Einstein said, no sir, cold does not exist. Cold is just the absence of warmth. And Einstein continued, teacher, does a darkness exist? Professor says, of course darkness exists. Go outside in the evening, you will say, there's darkness out there. Einstein says, teacher, darkness does not exist. Darkness is just the absence of light. Easter is about light. If light consists of all different spectrums of colors, the spectrum of the colors, the essence of those colors, are what we just talked about. Easter is about the light that consists of the excitement, hope, joy, life, miracle, love, forgiveness, and the new life. That's what Easter, that's what the essence of Easter is, all packaged in one. And why do we need this package? 
Why do we need this package? Not just merely understanding what Easter is as a fact or just the simply meaning of it. Because we do live in this dark world that has no light. This darkness is a place where, where there is, there is a never there's this satisfaction. So as we are studying the Proverbs, Proverbs 30, again, I, I promise you, beginning next week, we'll talk about now Proverbs 31. Proverbs 30, and verse 15, 16 in today's scripture, it just reminds us the dark world, what it looks like if there's no light. The leech has two daughters, give, give. They cry, they cry. It means that the, this dark world would never be satisfied, always wanting more, always craving, never fill, just want more, give me more, give me more. They suck blood out of you. That's what it does, the dark world. The leech has two daughters. Their names are the same. Give, give. There's no other. In the Bible, the Proverbs continues, there are three things that are never satisfied and four that never says enough. Uh, in the case you were wondering, when and why in the Proverbs, when they talk about, uh, uh, when God wants to emphasize something, when he always come up with there are six things that he hates and seven things that he detests. It just is the, it's the way to just emphasize the importance of the things that he's about to say. It's basically saying it's important. Listen up. There are three things that are never satisfied for that are, that never says enough. The grave. The barren womb, land, which is never satisfied with water, and fire, which never says enough. This is a perfect description of a deceitful world that we are living in, having no lights. The leech symbolizes our world that are never content or satisfied. They always want more, no matter how much they want more and more. Greed breeds greed. The world back then and the world today is still never satisfied and never says enough. Grave. Grave never says no vacancy. It's always available. They'll take you in anytime. Death never takes holiday. And tombs never fails to accommodate its victims. The barren woman will never accept sterility. They will continue to seek motherhood. Land, land, the vast land, they can soak so much of water, limitless amount of water, they can soak it in. No matter how much you're poor, it's going to seep in and seep in and seep in. Limitless. Fire, fire will never say enough. Give me 
more, more, feel, more, feel. If you leave any fire alone, it can engulf entire earth. If you don't stop them, if you don't control them, it will engulf entire world. Just like sun. Fire would never say enough. Just like the sins of greed and the lust will never be satisfied, will never say enough, and will never, never be happy. That's the teaching of this particular Proverbs 30. God speaks to us in darkness. And in this dark world is where the light showed up. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. And to confirm it, that he is truly the Son of God, it was important and it was a must that he die for our sins and that he, that he is risen in three days as it was told in the Old Testament to be resurrected and to be with our Lord. New life begins in darkness. Hope is the best music in darkness. Excitement begins in darkness. Joy, life, miracle keeps us from darkness. Forgiveness and love compels us not to return back to darkness. Darkness fades with the emergence of light. New life seals the lid on darkness. Jesus came. He died. He was resurrected. That new life that seals the darkness. We no longer have to live in the world. We no longer have to live in this dark world. Darkness does not exist. Darkness is simply absence of light. Let the light shine in your life. Let light shine in your life. Let our Lord Jesus, his saving nature, his powerful, powerful, testimony. Light your life. The darkness will disappear. To which Matthew 28, when the woman, three women went to see Jesus in the tomb. And they were met by angel. And Jesus was nowhere to be found. Angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. There's a sense of hope, sense of excitement, 
sense of seeing, experiencing this miracle. And ran to tell his disciple. Suddenly Jesus met them. Everything became reality. Everything became now true, real light to this woman. Greetings, he said. They came to him, collapsed his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. When there is light, we no longer need to be afraid. When you are latching onto that light of Jesus, you can say goodbye, adios to the liches. You can say goodbye to all this world of things, the dark world that is just consuming you. Proverbs clearly depicts what dark world looks like. But that dark world is not real. It's not real. It's simply the absence of Jesus in our lives. Being afraid is a prerequisite of hope. It's okay to be afraid. I've been afraid many times, many times, and many times. But it is prerequisite of hope. Darkness is a prerequisite of hope. Without darkness, light loses its meaning. When it is dark, you can see the stars. These are prerequisite to hope. We have hope. Easter reminds us of that very hope. Helplessness is prerequisite of hope. Being afraid is prerequisite to hope that leads to that light. Death is prerequisite of resurrection. No death, no resurrection. Sacrifice is prerequisite to victory. You want success in your life? You want a victory in your life? Prerequisite to what you desire is the sacrifice. Easter is the time to remind us of our Jesus' essence. I just want you to just feel, feel for him. Not just to know about him, not just to understand the meaning of it, but to feel for him. And when Jesus was Crucified, he felt every single one of those pains we are going through. And he is saying, I took your burden, I took your pain, just receive my light, you will no longer feel the pain. That's his promise. 